Welcome to Life in Context, a conversational podcast where we explore life and relationships in the context of Christian faith, relationship with Jesus, biblical truth, and emotionally healthy practices. I'm your host, Esther. And I'm your host, Jill. We come from different backgrounds and life experiences and bring our different professional and personal skills and training to our conversations. We agree on many things. And we differ on other things. That's part of what we enjoy about our conversations. We love to encourage and challenge each other and our listeners to consider new approaches, new ideas, and ways to think about life within the context of our faith. It's always our hope in these podcasts to bring real-life strategies, positive ideas, and faith-building practices that can be applied to these sometimes challenging topics that we all face in life. So let's get into today's topic. Jill. Yes. <laughs> what would you say if I sent you to your room for timeout? Uh, I might be mad at you and I probably wouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is right now, we're all kind of in a timeout, aren't we? We are. So as we're recording this, we are in a very unique situation in our country, a circumstance that we've never been in before. And you and I are located in the state of California where we have even tighter restrictions than many places around the country. We are under a quarantine. Right. And we have these stay-at-home orders, and it changes the dynamics of our family and our daily life and our routine. And it's kind of interesting as we have just launched this new podcast, (laughs) it's not our normal topic, but I thought maybe today we could take a little bit of time and bring some of our professional experience and advice and uh, some maybe strategies and things that we have to offer to our listeners for how to survive and thrive in this new and crazy world that we're in. Absolutely. We were laughing earlier about our entire culture has been sent to the room. <laughs> we are. It's, it's one big collective time out. Yeah. And I think if we look at it, there are ways that we will be able to find some benefits and some silver linings and some things that are good. And there's some things that we're going to have to just gut out and survive. And there's ways that we can make it easier or we can make it worse. So maybe today we can kind of take a look at some of those things, both from a practical a relational and a spiritual perspective. Of course. So to start off with, you have experience as um, an addiction coach and specialist helping people in recovery. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are feeling right now like they have some triggers in their lives. And I thought maybe we could start with some practical strategies for what you would offer to people who are feeling like this new isolation is mm-hmm. triggering some of the things that make them want to return to whether it's an eating disorder or alcohol or cigarettes or drugs, whatever it is, how can they find some help in this season? Well, I was just talking, I I have a a collection of people. I'm also a co-occurring disorder specialist. So I have people with two two disorders occurring at the same time, like depression and addiction or anxiety and addiction, uh, et cetera. So we were talking about some self-soothing techniques. We were talking about grounding techniques and also talking about what to do when, you're, when your addictions are triggered, such as eating. You know, if you're bored, eating is a really um, easy thing to turn to. So we were actually just talking about what it is to just turn and do something else. Give yourself an out. Take a breath. Go outside. There's also lots of 12-step support online right now. There are Zoom platforms with lots of interactive meetings where you can have some connection. 
I think it's really important to stay connected at this time, to do more than text, but actually have conversations, utilize FaceTime, utilize the Zoom platform, utilize some of those platforms that actually give you connection. Because isolation is really one of the pillars of addiction is just feeling cut off. Those are, I mean, that can be a trigger for anybody, even if addiction isn't um, one of the things that a person struggles with. I think that a lot of people have been hesitant over the years to turn to the remote or the internet um, distance service part of, of our fields. And under normal circumstances, I think that it's better to meet one-on-one and get that kind of support than it is to try to do it over the internet, over Zoom. But right now, it's the best that we have. It is. And I'm thankful that we have it. I think it's a great tool. And I really think that advice of staying connected and finding community and that not trying to face these things alone in isolation makes a big difference for a lot of people. So self-soothing strategies. If I'm going to take a breath, if I'm going to give myself a little bit of space from what I'm really wanting to do or a behavior I'm noticing is becoming kind of compulsive or Mm -hmm. irresistible, what are some of the things that people can do that can help relax them or put them in a different space? Talk about nice, deep breathing, deep breathing, nice, uh, deep inhalation to a four count through your nose and an exhalation through your mouth. Do that several times. It oxygenates your blood. It it clears your mind, gets you centered. Uh, I suggest things like take a warm bath, um, take take a walk outside, go do something different, do some stretches. Just some some things to settle you a little bit, and then we do grounding techniques. Grounding techniques you can do you can ground in lots of different ways. Uh, again, with the deep breaths, focusing on something that's pleasant. You know, the Bible says, "Whatever's excellent and worthy and of good reputation, think on these things." So think on the things that are good. Think on the things that bring peace to you. Focus on the things that are pleasant. Mm-hmm. And not, uh, I, I believe in this time, focusing on the stress, focusing on stress, looking at the things that are bringing distress actually create more stress. It does. And I think this is a perfect time to utilize a technique that we call countering thoughts or rationally motive therapy. It's intentionally thinking about the positive things. And it really is putting that passage in Philippians into work and paying attention to when you notice the negative tapes are running in your head. You notice you're thinking and obsessing over the what ifs and the what could be's and what you're missing out on and then replacing that with the thankfulness things Mm -hmm. and the things that we are blessed by and with and uh, declaring truths and replacing those thoughts intentionally can feel a little awkward at, at first when you first start practicing it but it is so powerful. Well, I actually do this with my with my clients. I actually, the word of God will change the atmosphere of a place. The word of God, as, as we purpose, I just did this. One of my clients just got out of a crisis house um, for suicidal ideation. Very, uh, lots of, just really suffers with depression. She came down to my office. I took her by the hand and we just walked up and down my office declaring the goodness of God. You are good. You are always good. You are who you say you are. We are who you say we are. We are your daughters. We are your children. We are called and anointed and appointed 
and approved. Lord, your ways are higher than our ways. Lord, you are a light to our path. And even as I'm just saying it right now in this room, you just feel the word of God is powerful. The word of God actually shifts the atmosphere and will shift you. And I rely on it in that way. If, if I'm, I rely on it myself, um, I, I, I know Esther and I don't tell anybody to do anything we don't do ourselves. Exactly. We have our own battles. We have our own um, situations that we face. And one of the things I do with my clients all the time is I have them stand up, square your feet, square your shoulders, plant your feet, square your shoulders, put your hands on your hips and just start declaring, I am the righteousness of Christ. I am who he says I am. I am seated in heavenly places with Christ. I am an overcomer. I I mean, I'm getting excited just saying it right here, but trust that there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the word of God. And and, uh, David said in, um, in one of the Psalms, he said, why so downcast, O my soul, yet I will trust in the Lord and I will bring, I will praise. And what I hear in that is that David was commanding his soul to praise. Mm-hmm. His soul didn't want to, but his spirit was taking charge and saying, yeah, w- but we will. And so as we talk to people of faith, you speak to your soul and say, hey, we're going to praise right now. We're going to get up. We're going to we're gonna preach the word, preach the word in a way like just as regular people preach the word. Right. We're just going <laughs> to say it. <laughs> so I am really thankful as a college instructor who teaches emotional management classes that right before my live classes were shut down, we were able to do some practice with this with Mm. my students. And I will tell you, Jill, for people who don't come from a more Pentecostal background or an expressive background, this starts off feeling very, very awkward, Uh but it feels so good when you're done. (laughs) That's why I had to take her by the hand. And and it's an intentionality that you Mm -hmm. have to do. We really frequently are not aware of how easily the negative thought patterns fall into our heads, how we hear other people say them and we begin to think about them or we allow old scripts and and old tapes to play. And this is an intentionality to choose the word of the Lord, to choose truth uh, and to bring it forward and front and Mm -hmm. to cover our minds and our hearts with that. And I think that's so valuable. I was going to say, I, I actually call it CCBT, okay, <laughs> Christian Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, <laughs> because it actually is taking a thought captive that does not agree with what God says about you or about others and putting something in place that does. Exactly. And I think this is a perfect time to practice these skills. <laughs> Yay! And I think this is one of the windows when we're all going to have to be really careful about what we're allowing our minds to do and where we're allowing them to wander because there's so much of the unknown and so much that's out of our control for Americans particularly. We love our control. We love our independence and we're feeling unempowered kind of. We don't Mm -hmm. know what's happening. Uh, We don't know when we're going to be able to leave or what we're going to be able to do. And this is a way that we are really taking um, authority over our minds and we're making sure that we're being careful with where we allow them to go. So as you know, I not only teach, 
but mm-hmm. I work with um, emotional management clients and with people in conflict as a mediator. And so one of the things I'm noticing among my clients and the people I work with is that this is a very tense time for families. <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> Poor babies. So families can be in distress right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, many of them are uh, in quarters together much more frequently than they are under normal circumstances and situations. And they're beginning to get on each other's nerves. They're beginning to discover things that are not actually working in the way that they communicate or they interact that normally the busyness of life covers. Mm -hmm. And I thought maybe we could talk about some of the strategies to help people in this situation who are feeling that kind of distress so that at the end of the day, when we all are able to go out and go on with our lives and and be more free and do the things we're used to, we have not discovered that we've put major cracks in our relationships. Right. Well, I'm going to believe, I'm going to take that Romans 8, 28, that he's making all things work together for good for the people who love him that are called according to his purpose. So I'm kind of wanting to encourage people that we've seen in, in we're a 24, 7, 365 culture. And busyness is is the driving force of so much of our of our culture. We're just busy, 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 and that makes it really easy to not deal with things that might be coming up right now as we're not <laughs> <laughs> on the highways and byways of um, the United States. So I want to just encourage people. First of all, it's not the end of the world. Um, if things start to come up that haven't have have not been dealt with yet, I think I uh, not only agree with that, but I think it's important to point out that there are, there's a balance here. Mm-hmm. So this is a great time to use to think, to process, to explore areas that we can grow in, that we can learn to be kind to one another, to help and support and encourage each other. But we also don't want to make this like the defining line that that give it too much weight and um, make this stressful time our expectations too high. I believe one of the things that really causes a lot of damage in relationships is unmet expectations. Yes, absolutely. And I know that there's a lot of people who in their heads and in their hearts have thought for a long time, if only my family had more time together, <laughs> we would sing in chorus and in unison and It'd in tune. It would be a Hallmark movie. It would be a Hallmark movie. <laughs> And, you know, we would pop popcorn over the fireplace that we don't have, and we would play board games that we don't know the rules to, and <laughs> we would make these amazing meals, and we would all eat together, and it would just be lovely. And the thing is, is that's not the dynamic of your family. It's not going to magically happen when you're trapped inside unwillingly for a period of time. And I think we need to have a little bit of realism and acknowledge our expectations when we're disappointed. That's okay. But we want to be careful not to hold other people to our expectations of what it is. If you love watching Hallmark movies or whatever. Which my husband does and I cannot stand. And and you think this is going to be the time we're going to marathon this together. And they're looking at you going, no, I'm going to lose my mind if I do that. Um, We want to be careful with that. And I think This is particularly important for people who are in multi-generation situations. So if you have children, even adult children, maybe who have come back from college and been kicked out of their dorms, 
if you're living with your parents and and you've got this multi-generational situation happening in your home and now you've got expectations for what their role is going to be in this we have to be really careful and and not hold them to expectations that they didn't agree to and that they're not willing to to fulfill or that they're not capable of fulfilling Mm -hmm. i think just a lot of grace just giving each other a lot of grace Uh, like you were you were talking earlier about kind of loosening the reins Mm -hmm. you know if you've got some strict household disciplines or like you were mentioning about expectations, I think this is a good time to just be light. I think there are a lot of families that could come out of the end of this having actually backfired on the idea of togetherness and family time. If you are very strict and you have a very controlled family environment and it goes on days and days and weeks and weeks together, at the end of it, your kids are not going to look forward to the next time they've got a few days at home. Thanksgiving. (laughs) Right. Your spouse is not going to look forward to that. If this is all about what we do and living up to these unrealistic expectations, um, it's going to be very intense as opposed to allowing it to be a time to be together. If you have a spouse who doesn't love to have long late night chats about Uh, philosophy or (laughs) dreams or things, that's probably not going to change just because they're under lockdown. And if you've been fantasizing about, oh, if we just had time, we would sit and have eight-hour conversations. (laughs) Probably not. Yeah, let that release. And, And I would encourage parents, you know, try to find, if you have to do educational things, educational things that are a little subversive, you know, there's things you can do that don't feel as educational, <laughs> that don't feel like here. Sit down and do your times tables. Sit down and memorize. Do some learning things that are more fun, that are a little more uh, pleasant, that the kids are going to have good memories about, and allow them to be disappointed too. I was just going to say that it is very disappointing for the graduating class of 2020, mm-hmm. and we want to be. We want to be grace-filled about that. We want to just let people feel what they feel. Let these kids, let everybody feel what they need to feel. We were really talking also about uh, what are some of the practical implementations within the family structure as you get a little more lenient with your rules and routines. So one of the things that I think is really important to consider in these sorts of situations is that Everybody is going to have a different experience and a perception of how being on lockdown impacts you and what you're giving up, what you're grieving. And and I think what you brought up is super important. For the teenagers, this is a very different experience Mm -hmm. than for adults. And we have to be very sensitive to how they're experiencing it. Many of them are at the beginning stages of their independence of their time, their social interaction is so important. It's so, such a part of their development. Right. And they're processing their whole future through this experience. So for those who are the class of 2020, it's graduation yeah. and prom and all of those things. But for juniors, it's SATs and preparation. Mm-hmm. For students at all levels of the high school, am I going to be prepared to make the honors class in my subjects next year? Am I going to be able to take the AP class? Am I going to have enough of the information I need? Am I going to be prepared for whatever I need for my athletics? If I'm counting on a sports scholarship or I'm 
counting on a academic competition that's going to help me with a scholarship and all of these things that they're expecting and preparing students this time of year are doing all of the things like touring colleges mm-hmm. and doing the overnights at some of the schools and and they're missing those things and that's it's re- a real grief and loss it's, it's a real loss and it's setting them up is that going to change their options in right. the future and for them there's a lot of layers of this and for many of them they're also now in the house trying to do their schoolwork if they normally went to school for those who were homeschooled it might be a little different but those who went to school every day and had uh, teachers and librarians and tutors and all of the support they needed now many of them are online trying to process it to you know all at once they're doing things in zoom conferences and they're trying to do it from a distance and they're stressed. Is this going to be enough information to help me? Am I going to succeed for certain temperaments and personalities? It's much harder. Uh, All of these things we got to think about for the college students who have lost their independence in their dorms and their home and they're trying to do work at home. And sometimes as parents, my kids are out of the house now, but I, I understand the temptation. You know, if you have younger kids, Oh great, you're home. Got it's like babysitter. right. It's like it's like summer break and you're gonna help with the chores and you're gonna help with the stuff. And I'm not saying they can't be helpful, but I know my own college students who are in my class, they're required to meet if our class met at nine in the morning, they have to be online live at nine in the morning on that day. And those who have to be at two o'clock in the afternoon, they can't do it at any time. It's not recorded, it's live in, in our situation and lots of colleges are the same. And my students don't have access to their librarian in the same way that they did on campus or the tutoring center. And their assignments have all changed. They don't have these group assignments and project groups anymore. I had to rewrite all the assignments because they're isolated in their home. And that's really traumatic for a lot of them. And I think that we want to just offer them extra space and extra grace and be really sensitive to how that's changing and impacting and for the parents, for the older generation, uh, this is really um, a harsh hitting thing. I've had a lot of clients and friends and people I know who say, you know, they're watching the news and it says a certain age, you know, is is senior and should stay home. And they're like, wait, that's me. <laughs> you know, And they don't think of themselves as being that vulnerable. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, they're repeatedly reminded of how they fall in the generations. I had to very carefully ask my father, who is 79, if he's elderly. And he said he is not. (laughs) (laughs) It's tough. They they don't like to feel like they are suddenly the vulnerable generation. Yeah. And for many of them, they're acknowledging that when things get back to normal, they may have lost some of the position and authority in their work, And their community, they may have been replaced by younger people. Um, And so I think we need to be really sensitive to that Mm -hmm. and and cautious in our judgments and in our expectations of people who are processing things differently. I think for the people who are accustomed to working outside of the house and now they're at home, there's a lot of new skills and how it is to function with your family. And for the people who are used to being at home, 
and they <laughs> they have lots of time right, right? everybody's gone this is my space i mm-hmm. i get my personal time to do my bible study and to read and to listen and now you're all in my space and in my kitchen and we have to be kind to one another yes so what's the hope what's the hope in, i keep referring to this all as a shift you know, uh, some of my groups have shifted over to a Zoom platform. And I've been saying, you know, we don't stop. We don't stop what we're doing. We're just going to shift. So mm-hmm. what's the hope to say to a, a hurting? I believe a lot of us are hurting right now. What's the hope to say to people while we're in a shift? Well, for me, the primary hope is that we can build better relationships, mm-hmm. that we can use this time to heal wounds, that we can help each other. If we show each other grace and space, even when it's tense for us, even when it's difficult, if we're kind and the stressful things, those things last, that impression lasts. If we show people, I care about you more than I care about my routine. I care about you more than I care about the way I always have things. You know, Mm -hmm. if if you're a person who's normally at home and you like everything just so, and you've got to let that go a little bit, you're saying to your family, I care about you more. And that's really good. That's relationship building. And if we can lower the expectations for what it's going to be like and just let it be, I'm going to get to know my family members a little bit more. I think we can find we'll have some stronger relationships at the end we can pray together more. Now, I'm not encouraging people to do the eight-hour prayer sessions with your eight-year-olds, right? Be gracious. Let know how that goes. Yeah. Let it be voluntary, right? Don't force people into your practices. But, but we could have some really good bonding experiences in this, and we could learn that some of the busyness isn't necessary. Well, and the beauty of it is we can learn that some of the busyness has actually been covering up some real wounds that need Mm -hmm. some attention. So rather than blowing it up, because now these wounds that have needed attention are coming to the surface, let's take it as, let's give our relationships the time and attention that we haven't. Let's use this as something that we could make be really good. Mm -hmm. Let's use it for that. We We were also talking a little bit about building the relationships with each other in a way that is safe and kind and gracious and good. We're also talking about what does self-care look like in this season? I think that is a a key issue. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of things that we do for other people in our lives. And when we get uprooted, sometimes we can forget those things that we need to do for ourselves. And it's going to look different for different people and different temperaments. And I have been telling all of my people, you know, the first couple of days, take some time, wear your sweats, feel comfortable, don't, you know, relax, don't get stressed. But at a certain point, (laughs) take a shower, (laughs) do your hair if you need to. All of us are going to feel a little uncomfortable after a while that the hairdressers are closed and we really miss them. We're valuing them. But, but do some stuff that makes you feel good about yourself. Yes. Dress in a way that you feel like you've put yourself together because you know that depression can be fed mm-hmm. by that slovenly feeling and get the exercise that you can. Mm-hmm. I, I know that my treadmills had a, a lot more use in the last couple of weeks. I think you got a new toy. Oh, my husband bought me an elliptical and it's in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> but as we were talking about, we were talking about self-care 
And yes, it feels good to wear your comfy pants, your JAMA pants for a day or two. But you know what? Um, make your bed, get up, brush your teeth, brush your hair, wash your hair, do the things that make you feel good about you. Mm-hmm. And um, just pay attention to your own signals, your own triggers. And you know what? There's just things right now, if you need to take a nap, if you can, take a nap. I, I was actually considering some of this as such a great reset for, um, we, we don't take Sabbath. We don't take Sundays off anymore culturally. Like not many people do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And if this is a season where we're having this kind of great reset, value the rest that you can have in this season as you practice the self-care that's really necessary. I think we can take some of the pressure off of ourselves too. If you have this sort of tendency to go to guilt and say, oh, I, you know, I've got this extra time, I'm going to deep clean every corner of my house and you don't like to clean, maybe that's not the best way to use the time. <laughs> you know, don't put all I of didn't. this guilt on yourself. <laughs> you know, yesterday I, I wanted a cup of tea and I pulled out the fancy teapot because why not? That's so cute. <laughs> you know, I'm not in a hurry. I don't have anywhere to go. I, I pulled out the fancy teapot and I poured myself a cup of tea in the fancy teacup with a fancy teapot. I think while you're in your jammy pants and messy hair. <laughs> yesterday I wore outdoor pants there as, you go. If, as I, if I was going to open my door and wave to the people walking up. But yesterday I needed to dress like uh, I normally do. Now I, I wasn't wearing, you know, my power shoes and my power suit, uh, but I wanted to dress like I had things to do because it makes me feel a little bit better. And I do do some work on the video camera and my poor students don't need to see my plaid pajamas. (laughs) Um, So I feel like, you know, there's this balance in that and, and taking care of yourself and doing things. I really encourage people to read, to access, you know, resources like that. If you've got a stack of books, you're like, that was going to be my summer reading, or I, yeah. I meant to read that over Christmas. I didn't finish that silly novel, the mystery, if that's what I like. Um, whatever it is that you want to read, I've been super pleased to see a ton of resources out there for free. There's lots of authors have been putting their books on PDFs. There's uh, lots of websites that have put some of the classics, Hind Speed on High Places, these oh, kinds such of a things. Good one. Yeah. Uh, a free on PDF. If you have a paper copy, I think it's good to put the electronics down. Super healthy. Yeah, and and just spend some time. Do some some reading or listening to some music, drawing, having some artistic experience, unless that stresses you out, and then don't do it. (laughs) Um, But I I think those are the kinds of self-care things, allowing yourself to think of this as a break, Mm -hmm. not as this burden for which you're going to be graded there's not going to be any grade right. when we come come down, you know, how well did you use this time? How effective were you? I, I really want to encourage people, yes. let go of that. Let go of that for your family and allow yourself to be. To be. Yes. So even speaking about the burden, um, I woke up the other morning, it was yesterday morning, and I heard the, I heard a bunch of birds right outside my bedroom window just going to town. They were going about their business. They were singing up a storm. And I I was talking to the Lord about it. And I just said, that feels so comforting to me. And he said, yes, they are going about their business and singing up a storm. And you should do the same. 
And I, I just left. I said, I'm going to go about my business and I'm going to sing up a storm. I'm going to, I'm going to, well, I'm a, I'm a singer. So for, for me, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to worship. I'm going to sing up a storm and I'm going to go about my business. That is, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to talk to my people. And one of the things that I noticed was I, I have been feeling the heaviness and I, I recognize it at this stage that the heaviness that I feel isn't mine. It's actually a heaviness that I feel in the spirit that I feel like as I feel in, you know, our nation is feeling the heaviness. And I was taking that opportunity to take what I was feeling as a heavy feeling and just lifting it up to God, just lifting it up, just lifting our nation up and lifting up the little, the cells of our nation that are the family and lifting up, let this be a time where we come back to the place where nothing else matters but you, God. Let this be a time of actual refreshing and rest. Let this be a time. I, I was recognizing that the weight, the heaviness I was feeling was not coming from the inside of me, but it was actually pushing at me from the outside, if that makes mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That it was something I was sensing from the outside in, not from the inside out. I think we can really look at, at this as a gift if we want to. And sometimes it's it's not the gift we asked for for Christmas. <laughs> it's not what we wanted. But but we can look at it as a gift and we can say, you know, the negativity that comes with it. We don't want that. The heaviness and the, the spirit and the weight. We don't want that. We want to see what is positive inside of it. And I really want to encourage people, use this time. If you've been thinking, I, I need to do some some work. I need to do some prayer. I need to figure out what's happening in, in some areas. As or you might need to sing up a storm. I need to sing up a storm. <laughs> um, use this time in that way. I really want to encourage people who are living alone, not to isolate, to build community. Reach out to the people that you love. Text. And, and message, that's great. But actually try calling them, yeah. try FaceTiming them, yes. see them, uh, connect with people maybe that you don't normally this time of year. You know, a lot of us connect with some of our relatives at the holidays, right? At, mm-hmm. at Christmas, maybe you exchanged a card or you made a phone call. But do that now while you've got some downtime, spend some time, um, build some some spiritual habits of some uh, prayer time or some discipleship that maybe you've been putting off because I, I want to do that, but I'm so busy. I've got all these commitments and begin to pray when the season is over. Are there commitments I'm going to let go of? Mm-hmm. Are there things I didn't need in my life? And consider it a gift. In yes, that. that's great. And uh, we're just encouraging people. Um, most of the counselors, therapists, LCSWs, coaches that I know are still utilizing the Zoom platform for groups and FaceTime for one-on-one. So I'm available for one-on-one. Uh, are you Are you doing one-on-one FaceTime appointments? I Some of my clients I've been meeting in that, in that way, meeting, I'm using air quotes. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm connecting in ways that I can when it's appropriate. Um, and some, some of my clients I'm saying, you know, when this is done, we'll get to that issue. Let some of the things go for now um, because not everything can be handled over the internet, you know, sometimes we need face-to-face. You need human and, contact. And I'm telling people, you know, allow ourselves that time. It's going to be okay. 
I think it, this is a complex situation. You got to look at each situation. For some time, for some people, I'm like, you know, put the scale away. Don't worry about it. You can <laughs> the scale's at the gym. Right. So thank you, Lord. It's okay. <laughs> you know, don't don't worry about the things we might normally uh, put ourselves under the pressure. Um, and then for other people, I'm saying, hey, use this time. You've got it. You've been saying you wished you had some time. Uh, to read that book or to spend that time with the Lord, asking him those questions. So I think there's a lot of things that we can do uh, that maybe are not the instinctive normal things. Yes. So I think in closing, what we're saying is be good to yourself and be good to each other. Yeah, I think that's absolutely it. Take care, America. (laughs) (laughs) And so there we go into time out, all of us. (laughs) We'll talk soon. Many blessings. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Life in Context, hosted by Jill Shankles and Esther DeWitt, edited and produced by BizFid Communications. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review and follow us and like us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help. For more information on who we are and what we do, you can follow Jill at jillshankles.com. That's Jill, S-H-A-N-K-L-E-S.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow Esther at peaceprof.com. That's peace, P-R-O-F.com, and at peaceprof on Twitter and Facebook. Music.